Hello, welcome to another episode of Seeding Sessions. Today I'm speaking to David Booth, Group Technical Sales Manager at Analox, a cutting-edge gas analysis and detection company who are helping organisations across the agri-food sector, from farmers all the way through to retailers like McDonald's. Today we'll be speaking to David about some of their recent innovations in farm tech. Hello, David. Um, thank you very much for taking some time to speak to me. Yeah, thank you, Thomas. A pleasure to be here. Um, I think it probably might not be a bad idea to kick this one off with a little bit of uh, your background, because obviously you've got um, a, a long career um, and experience in this sector. So it'd be interesting, first off, to hear a little bit about yourself. Yeah, as thank you for the introduction. Uh, David Booth, uh, as you said, I'm currently the Group Technical Manager for Analox. Uh, and after a classic education in nuclear science, I, I think I decided I had a tongue in my head. And so I moved straight away into sales um, quite a long time ago now. But it's always been in gas analysis and gas detection. In the recent past, I've specialized in infrared gas analysis, which is very specific for a number of gases. And this introduced me to the first of the applications in the agri-sector mainly supplying equipment to monitor ruminant gas emissions from universities, research institutes around the world, uh, as far as where well as Australia and India. I now support Analox Group across the new growth areas, including smart farming, applying gas measurements where uh, you're trying to reduce the impact of the methane or the carbon dioxide or even ammonia. So... Uh, just a quick step back then, it'd be useful to understand a little bit about the history of the company. Um, and uh, my understanding is that obviously you're focusing a lot on these agricultural and agri-food use cases, but the, the organisation itself works across a much broader spectrum of industries. Yeah, that's right. Um, originally started in 1981, our chairman um, started in his backyard in his shed um like all great companies i guess um and we've progressed over the years since 81 we've got our headquarters in stokesley in north yorkshire um we've got over 100 staff um we do all the design and manufacturing work is done here um ready for our clients across the world and we're supported by a u.s office and a global network of distribution outlets i've been at alox about five years um and i'm still waiting for my transfer to california to be approved uh, to huntington beach which is very nice indeed so I think what would be really interesting is to, to kind of dig in, obviously, given the context of the listeners of the podcast, it'd be really good to try and understand um, what's the kind of work you're doing in agriculture? Um, what, what, who are the customers? Are you focusing more on, on farmers at this stage? What are the challenges that they're, they're facing? At the moment, there's an enormous amount of pressure in the agri-sector agri to consider emissions and how they will achieve the future net zero obligations yeah our systems can help by offering a method of measurement recording and validation uh animals are going to be legislated against specifically different governments will decide to do things whereby they say to a farmer you've got to reduce your methane output coming from your farm and there's going to be methods but all this has to be validated Technology. It'd be good. It'd just be good to understand um, 
with the specifics of where analogs um i mean have you, have you got any case studies for example i mean are you working directly with farmers at the moment or is it more at an academic level with the likes of siuc what what what, what are the specific areas um of farming that you are mainly working in until recently i guess the 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 basic markets that we've been in is working with the institutes and the universities uh, specifically on research centers where we've supplied significant um, gas analysis systems to cover a wide range of applications specifically in the animal sector um, and, and has that been and so obviously this, uh, the presumption there is that that's methane and and, and has that been both with livestock um, housed and out in the field or is it predominantly been housed livestock it's it's been it's been in both areas. We've worked with both SRUC and also um, Aberystwyth University, for instance, and and yeah. they have done a lot of their work in the field. Yeah. Well, I, I get, I get, I guess, uh, I guess the question for me, and this is going to sound uh, very naive, given given my background working with the Epi Centre, but I, I've always wondered how how do you take accurate methane measurements, even with the high tech cutting edge sensors that you've got out in a field um it's, it's a question that's uh, is, I've, I've always been keen to ask someone with your experience how do, it makes sense to me how that works in a housed environment um how does it work out in the field the infrared sensors that we manufacture specifically both the high performance variety um the gfc sensor uh have always been developed for an industrial application so they've always been designed to be able to be taken out in the field for many years the same technology has been used for somebody to climb a chimney stack and measure chimney stack emissions it's a change of gas but it's no difference in the technologies um, and the original design for the high performance gfc sensor came about from british gas back in the 1990s saying they didn't want to take a 45 kilo ton of metal up the side of the stack to make gas emissions they wanted a portable one yeah. that weighed less than less than six kilos and and, and obviously you know i the the idea of measure to manage is is you know central to a, a lot of this stuff when it when it comes to kind of livestock ghg emissions what you know if you're able where's where is this data helping is it allowing you to advise stockmen um and producers on or researchers on uh, different kind of livestock management techniques or different feeds what what, at what point is this kind of data on ghg emissions um around livestock used at the moment, uh, the way the market is developing, specifically with the need to meet net zero arrangements, farmers are going to be asked to reduce the methane by different means, whether it be feed additives, whether it be uh, selective breeding uh, and other aspects of nutrition. Yeah. And the the way forward is some very much like the carbon credit schemes of uh, 10 or 15 years ago where people were told to measure emissions from a chimney stack uh, perform some reduction 
measures on reducing what was going out of the stack. And they effectively created carbon credits by the differential between what they originally were emitting and what they now emit. And very much the same pattern may emerge as the years go by with methane from ruminant animals, is that a farmer may well be told to say, right, this is your normal pattern with your breed of cattle or breed of yeah. sheep. And then what happens is we come along and do some fairly easy measurements from the uh, feeding hood or the milking parlor and then we go away and the farmer starts using a new additive or something else that he may come across and then along comes we come along again and take another measurement to say oh look this farmer has reduced his emissions by 20 percent 30 percent or whatever it is and that provides a mechanism by which the farmer can actually achieve some cashback, some formula that would allow him to say, look, I'm doing my job for reaching net zero, therefore you pay me. I'm having to spend X amount of money extra to achieve this. So I think I should be paid a little bit. And those carbon credits can be sold anywhere in the world to other farmers, to to industry in general, because if a farmer takes out some of the carbon coming out from his farm, he's able to sell it. And that is is still currently traded. I think the last trading event I looked at, it was selling for about 100 euros per metric ton of CO2. Yeah, yeah. It's an, it's an interesting market. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that develops over the coming years. Um, uh, yeah, the MLV. Uh, we, we, we've actually kicked off relatively recently with a really interesting project with one of our satellite farmers um at the kaipoi farms who are doing a, a project around ultra low emission sheep which is a genetic project for um for sheep emissions so that'd be, be an interesting one if we've not already put you in touch with them um from a measurement point of view so obviously livestock's the the obvious use case with this um i'm 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 presuming that there's also some use cases around um, arable and crops and horticulture as well. Yeah, the the, the one extra on uh, on animals is obviously animal health, um, and farmers and producers are always looking for new methods of keeping their animals safe and understanding when and if they become ill or diseased or whatever it is. And again, smart sensing and smart farming lends itself to gas analysis in these areas. Um, mm -hmm. I, did, I did some work a few years ago with measurement of acetone, which everybody knows is, used to be a nail varnish remover. But acetone is the natural product the animal produces and can appear in milk. And if it gets too high, then that is a good indication of uh, some ill health on the animal. And so the animal can be taken out of use, treated and brought back to use much quicker. So, again, keeping the production going. In, in other areas like arable, the use of fertilizers across the land is always... Uh, an opinionated sector where people say, oh, I can just throw 
fertilizer here, fertilizer there. But as we all know, the water industry suffers from overuse of fertilizer. Mm -hmm. but, it, but also the use of fertilizer on land allows the escape of another greenhouse gas, which has been in the news recently, nitrous oxide. Nitrous oxide comes out of the ground. It's 300 times more potent than CO2 as a greenhouse gas. And so it doesn't take a lot of CO2, and we've got a lot of land, um, uh, N2O, to come out of the ground. Um, and so people are looking to control the amount of fertilizer and how we fertilize the land. And they're looking at measures of understanding how the nitrous oxide comes out of the ground. And again, our products can be linked into that, can measure down to very, very low levels, which we're expecting from these areas. And so we can, again, advise the farmers. And there's even schemes, I've read schemes, where people are actually doing the measurements on farm, measuring the nitrous oxide, and then coming back and averaging out how much fertilizer they really need to put on the land to do exactly the same job without a detriment to releasing too much nitrous oxide. Yeah, absolutely fascinating. So how do you and your team uh, work with farmers? Is it directly? Is it through agronomists? Um, well, how, does, how does that work? Well, we expect the market to develop really and possibly we'll be working through the feed additive companies, yeah. um, farmers cooperatives. I don't think we'll have much direct interest from farmers direct um, because they'll come together as a grouping in big areas. I know there's a few large farmers cooperatives which cover vast areas of the UK and they'll come together and say, look, we're going to offer a service. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And the farmers will share the equipment around the area. Feed additive companies might produce incentives by which they will have equipment and say, look, if you want to use our feed additive, then please, we'll, we'll support you in this and we'll help the farming industry forward with looking at how we can improve all these things. Yeah, I, I had an interesting conversation with Rich Vakri at Mapa Vag on this podcast a few weeks back, and they, they bridged that interesting gap between farmers who are collecting data across all sorts of things, not just GHG, um, and then the processors and retailers further up the food chain. Um, and it, it, and of course, and, and a big motivating factor, which you've already talked about, um, are these net zero and general ESG reporting. But um, both kind of at a process and retailer level, of which th th those those organisations are looking for both to support and support from um, their vast networks of farmers, and, and I can see how these kind of technologies um, and being able to record sort of you know high quality data collection on GHG and, and other gases um, would be very very helpful indeed. Yeah, we, we're looking closely. Some of the gases are very difficult to measure in some cases. You know, ammonia uh, as a result of what the animal puts on the land, for instance. Uh, it's a very difficult gas to measure and, you know, it loves, it actually loves water. And once mm. you get any water and ammonia together, they just, one just dissolves in the other and you can't measure the gas. So you don't have an easy understanding of how it's measured. So we're looking at new technologies to make this easier um, by a different method. We won't measure direct. We'll measure it in a different way. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's very high tech. So, so what? So, what are the big growth areas you see um, as an opportunity for, for kind of for both the organisation and and also just for general kind of measurement in this area? We are pushing very hard into the green economy, and we make some assumptions in the agri industry that some legislation is going to come through. Yeah. Um, we know New Zealand has already introduced it, um, and that's simply going to progress around the world. Uh, we see that as a great opportunity to collaborate, to work with people like AgriEpi and all the membership across AgriEpi. Um, you know, within our defence sector, that is continuously growing. We've we've just had the announcement of the American, US, and UK submarine agreement and that looks to the future it's not looking to the next five years it's actually looking to the next 50 years so as a company we can look forward to that security of where we're going in that sector it allows us to look at other market sectors obviously ruminant methane reduction is there and we've spoken mm. about nitrous oxide but similarly there's a lot of gases released from things like water treatment facilities which are unknown um which also affect uh that sector and within the green economy we're expecting a you know a significant opportunity in the shipping sector for instance alternative green fuels are coming through uh fuels like methanol which is very easy to produce it's less of less of a pollutant once it gets into the water into the seas for instance but it'll require new technologies to keep people safe on board ship because it's a different sort of material, a different gas. It's got different problems. Mm. And, and I've, I've got to assume um, that you're not the only players in this market. Um, what, how, how do you differentiate yourself to, to other competitors in this sector? Well, I think our, our biggest thing is that our people do care we've as we've always been involved in the safety industry the safety of people um following on to that into the environmental section is is an easy easy step for us um yeah. we've got lots of experts and we pride ourselves in developing solutions you know we recently did some analysis systems for a nuclear power station um they were doing something that's never been done in nuclear power stations before and it's extended the life of the power station so we've now extended you know a couple of power stations in the uk now will probably run for another five or even ten years which they mm -hmm. could before and they had come to us saying look give us a solution and with in a collaborative nature we we, we supported them and helped them any challenge we get from a customer is always going to be our passion. It's one of our strap lines that we use on our website. Um, we want customer excellence. The, it differentiates us from other people. We want this customer excellence. Um, I think we recently won two awards for customer excellence. So the Institute of Customer Services and the Northeast Award as well. Well, that's well, that's that's always encouraging, and and I and I know that you have an exciting uh, project on the horizon, which unfortunately we we can't talk about just at this point. Um, but it but it would be useful to um, to know 
out of our AgriEpi network and obviously the wider listeners of this podcast, um, which predominantly includes people, farmers, um, people in the agriculture sector and a lot of technology developers and innovators, who, who are the kinds of people that you'd be interested to to have a conversation with um, who might, be, you know, they want to reach out? Obviously, we, we, we continue to talk to as many of the university and institutional research centres as we can. But this is going to become more commercial. We're going to have to look for further partners, people in the nutrition and feed additive industries, uh, as well as the consortia of farmers who are going to implement some of the changes that are going to take place. The networking with AgriEpi is second to none. You know, we had a great introduction at a recent meeting in Telford. Um, we want the collaboration with people. We want to know and try and solve those sort of problems. And we want to share yeah, our knowledge. Uh, absolutely. Well, David, um, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you. And um, I think one of the things that I've really taken away from this is realisation of how predominantly this technology is across the entire agri-food supply chain and 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 as you rightly said you know not just on farm um you know or at retailers but you know everything from feed manufacturers um and it'd be really interesting to keep abreast of um of how the technology develops in different areas as we as we work with you um over the coming years is there, is there anything else you'd like to add um obviously we'll, we'll do a sign off after this to you know, swap any details if anyone wants to get in touch they can they can do that via the agri epi center yeah the, nothing i've mentioned everything i think um I, I think the big part of our business is customer funded projects um our customers as i said before is our customers come to us with their challenges we investigate and test the most appropriate solutions and we've got the engineers and the scientists that can actually go out there and look at solutions that nobody's thought about that's that's an interesting insight yeah that's really interesting okay well david thank you very much for taking some time to speak to me today um and uh yes yeah, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure and uh, maybe I'll talk to you again sometime soon.